You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is our review of Shaun of the Dead. Do you ever think that modern life is not for you? Do you do the same dead-end job every day? Is your love life dying on its feet? To a wonderful mom. Oh, oh. Have you ever felt that you're turning into... Something in the world. A zombie. Maybe you're not alone. Piss it. Although no one official is prepared to comment, religious groups are calling it Judgment Day. It is vital that you stay in your homes. Avoid all physical contact with the assailants. So, what's the plan? Oh! Bash him in the head, that seems to work out. Why have we got a girl Lizzie? Because I love her. All right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Do something! Wait there. Uh, hold it there. I'm coming! Oh. All right, everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Sean of the Dead, and the story is as follows. Sean is a 30-something loser with a dull, easy existence. When he's not working at the electronics store, he lives with his best friend, Ed, in a small flat on the outskirts of London. The only unpredictable element in his life is his girlfriend, Liz, who wishes desperately for Sean to grow up and be a man. When the town is inexplicably overrun with zombies, Sean must rise to the occasion and protect both Liz and his mother. The film is starring Simon Pegg. Kate Ashfield, Lucy Davis, Nick Frost, Dylan Moran, Bill Nighy, and Penelope Wilton. It is directed and written by Edgar Wright, co-written by Simon Pegg. Join me for this podcast review. I have Bianca Garner. all right so this is uh sean of the dead and i'm glad that we could start things off with a laugh here because uh we've been doing over uh the last couple weeks on saturdays uh movies that are quote-unquote pandemic films and this was voted by the uh, film twitter universe as our next uh podcast review and i'm really really glad because you know it is a pandemic movie uh zombie films do fall within that genre but uh this is one of the few comedic ones that actually um i would uh, you know it's not like it was the first zombie comedy film but i feel like it definitely revitalized uh the genre and uh was definitely something that felt fresh it felt unique at the time especially because it announced to the world the uh, filmmaking talent that is edgar wright despite the fact that this is not his uh feature directorial debut it's a, it's his uh second feature so the film is definitely beloved um it's still in my opinion a hoot to watch after all these years i'm curious to know what you guys think though especially uh you bianca uh given that this is at the end of the day a uh british uh film so i would like to hear your perspective on it what do you think of sean of the dead i i think that this film is one of my favorite movies of all time yay and there was a time when i was younger like when i was a teenager where i would watch this like nearly every day and i can still quote it like line by line 
I love everything, all the little callbacks and the references. I'm a huge fan of the um, Edgar Wright and Sam Pegg um, and Nick Frost sitcom Spaced. Um, which is just so good. And if no one has watched it, like now is a perfect time for you to go and watch yes. it. Yes. Uh, obviously, spaced. listen to the rest of this podcast before going and doing that. <laughs> so, um, but I love everything about Shaun of the Dead. I love the the way that it's set up gradually with the, the zombie outbreak. I love the characters. I mean, uh, it's such an interesting movie in terms of how the character Sean changes from being this like uh, slacker with no life, who is literally a zombie. He's just going to work every day and then coming back and going to the Winchester with um, his friend. And, and, and eventually he, it's a coming of age drama uh, and a romance film, which just happens to have zombies in it. I mean, what's not to love? I mean, that's just, it's just brilliant. <laughs> absolutely uh dan what about yourself um so th- this was my first time watching this all the way through oh wow um i i i have seen it all over the years but not all at once <laughs> um, <laughs> it's just one of those things and i i gotta say like the, the joke structure in this movie is rock solid. Oh, my God. It's such tight writing. It's so good. And, like, ed, like we get pretty much every joke in this movie twice, at least. And it's, it's freaking funny both times. And the timing of everything, the way it plays around with genre conventions and to get a reaction out of us is just great (laughs) yeah like i said it felt very unique and fresh uh for its times considering that it's not like a you know it it has horror elements but it's not like it has jump scare horror elements and there there is gore but it's definitely 100 percent a comedy through and through and if the comedy doesn't work, then nothing else will work in this. And luckily, the backbone of it is this character journey uh, that Bianca uh, said before in regards to the character of Sean. You know, without that uh, fundamental anchor at the heart of the movie, then nothing else works. And then you just got jokes that have no meaning behind them, horror and gore that has no meaning behind it. So you really have to be invested and care about this character uh, of, of Sean who is given life by Simon Pegg here in can we can we just take a moment to acknowledge that Simon Pegg is maybe one of the most underrated actors mm-hmm. that we don't talk about yes he's so good yeah, he's so good in this I mean like even by the time we get to the end of the film he's doing some like heavy drama and theatrics and emotion and, oh, yeah I still get like when uh, he loses like you know his mother i still find that such a hard scene to watch like the emotions that he that he's going through and when she says that she's got the flowers and everything it's just like so touching no he's like so committed to it yeah. and it's actually very sweet and sad like you'd think it would be corny like the bill mm-hmm. Nighy scene potentially uh but oh, no like he really grounds yeah. it that's what i love about this movie is that there's 
the US does comedy to it, but then uh, the, the sh- scene can sort of shift in in seriousness in in such a way that it doesn't feel forced. Like, but it can still also have that underlying comedy aspect to it. Like, you can have like the scene with Philip in the car, uh, and then you can have Ed suddenly running to a zombie, and it's still quite funny but it's still got that moment there of drama and comedy coming together and it it feels like they're fused together and it feels so natural. Like in real life, there is comedy and tragedy. They do come hand in hand, if that makes sense. (laughs) No, it definitely does. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, One of the things too that like, I think gets really well illustrated in this is the friendship uh, that Sean has uh, with his... uh, his best friend Ed, played by Nick Frost in this. And I mean, the two characters are just so perfectly cast and they have such great chemistry together. Um, they're back and forth. And I mean, this is obvious in uh, the other movies that they've starred in together to the point that they're like such a, I would say, iconic on screen duo at this point that. I, I mean, it feels weird to me to see a movie with one and not the other still to this day. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I think even when they're starring in some films like Paul, you know, that yeah. kind of doesn't work. Yeah. But the fact that they're both there and in that movie makes it watchable. But the, the yeah, the chemistry between the two here is so wonderful and the the banter that they have and uh, it just feels like a really authentic friendship. Like you you do believe that these two people have known each other for such a long time and that they can finish each other sentences and they get they have their own little in jokes i mean my favorite bit is you know when um uh ed does his silent but deadly fart <laughs> oh my god bianca i'm sorry no i'm really sorry <laughs> i love how you guys do your british accents but it's like so over the top <laughs> Did we really sound that way to you guys? Is that is that the thing? Believe me, however you want to do an American accent, I guarantee you that's probably how we sound too. <laughs> that is one of my favorite uh, jokes in the movie. Uh, and, you know, we talked about before how the jokes uh, pretty much all happen twice to kind of give like this um, circu- like circular pattern, if you will, to the writing. Things keep coming back. And I like that a lot because... You know, I I always find it best that when screenplays introduce something early on, there is a way that it somehow has importance uh, later on in the movie. Usually it has to do with the plot, but here it's the dialogue. Luckily, um, no joke that is mentioned twice is uh, bad the first time. So when it gets brought up again, it's even funnier as a result. Like, for example, um, can dogs look up? (laughs) We never get the answer, do we? Well, Big Al said they can. So. Yeah, ah, Al yes. said they can't. Big Al, who's uh, connected <laughs> to, to the London um, Mafia. That's why the Winchester's called the Winchester. You know, yeah. a, a yeah, rifle above the bar. And the gun is loaded. It can fire. <laughs> I, I think that is maybe my favorite scene in the whole movie when they're going around all the regulars at the Winchester and um, uh, Nick Frost starts just giving that giving him their stories um, because that that to me was a scene that really sold me on the two of them being 
such close friends. Yeah, you can see why Sean would find yeah. Ed endearing. Yeah, exactly. because I, I, I gotta say, and I hate to say this, but if there's one thing about this movie that doesn't really work for me, it's Nick Frost's performance. Oh, because, how come? Well, just because outside of that scene, I can't buy that anyone would want to be a roommate with this guy. He is the worst roommate in the history of ever. Well, can I can I just say something? You know, I mean, I'm just speaking from a little bit from experience here. I, I have like a group of friends um, outside of this community that I've known since what? we were kids. What? You have friends? Shocking. <laughs> I know. I know. And I can totally understand that even as we've gotten older and we've all changed and such like there are some aspects to all of us that other people may look at and be like, why do you still put up with them? And it's just like there's this history, you know, there's a shared history of good times in the past and you kind of cling on to that. And as a result, you're kind of like bound to each other, you know, no matter what happens after that. So I get it. Like, I, I definitely understand it. I, I, I get Late it. nights drinking snaps and playing Tekken 2. You know, I get it. <laughs> I, I, I get it, but I don't get any of it from his performance of the character. Hmm. I, I get it all from the writing and from Simon Pegg. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I, I see what you mean by that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I also want to give a shout out to um, Peter. I'm going to say this wrong. Sarah Finnowitz uh, as their other uh, flatmate, Pete. Oh, Pete! Oh, God, he's so Pete. funny. <laughs> I, I just love the scene where he completely uh, just like reams into uh, Ed and he's like, it's four o'clock in the fucking morning! You know? It's just so, so, so great. Because um, there's like this heightened emotion to all of the performances in this film that I really, really, really enjoy. Like everything is over the top. Everything. From the anger to uh, the moments of jubilation to the sadness, like every performance in this is just like at a 10, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think what's interesting is like the, the fact that Sean is in living with these two people and they're completely different. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's kind of like uh, representing like almost like the two paths he can go down. Yeah. Uh, like he can stay with with Ed and be this like slobbish character or he could actually go on and uh, try and have a career um and that's what I kind of like about the movie is that um it's not so obvious that um you know that he has to grow up uh in order to change as a character it doesn't feel like a a force type of thing it just sort of happens naturally and he's not an action hero he's just this general bloke who ends up becoming the leader not by not by choice um it's it's so funny when he's trying to give his like inspirational speech and it turns yes. out that he read it on the <laughs> read it on a um was it like a bar mat or something it's, it's just, it's like, you know i was trying to like figure out though like while i was watching this i'm like how does sean have a plan for all of this and how does he rise to the occasion as this leader and i want to ask you too do you think it has anything to do with video game culture 
I, I think that's possible. Yeah. Because they do play the video games on the couch a lot, and they're playing these, like, shooter games. Yeah. And I've just always wondered, is there, like, any kind of a uh, message that's being sent out there that, oh, well, the people that play these survivor uh, shooter games are the ones that are going to know what to do when shit hits the fan because they immerse themselves in this alternate reality all the time. I think as <laughs> well, it's a video... It's like the, the. It's not just video game references. It's also like the film yeah. references in it. Like, sure, you know, yeah. I, I get that these guys were probably the ones that were spending time watching Evil Dead movies and like yeah. Dawn of the Dead. I mean, I just, I, I just love the references to those movies. Like when you have, um, we're coming to get you, Barbara from. <laughs> also, too. Speaking of references, this is the first time I've ever noticed this, and I've seen this movie quite a few times. I actually noticed that there is probably a connection between uh, Sean's outfit towards the end of the film with the red bandana and Christopher Walken's character in The Deer Hunter. Ah. Oh, my God. Which is something I just tweeted about because I'm like, yo, Edgar Wright, tell me what's up. <laughs> well, and they and they talk about shooting themselves at the end, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it all makes sense. So, so we all know Edgar Wright's a huge film buff. We all know that like Tarantino, um, he incorporates a lot of references into his movies. They're not as overt, I don't think, in my opinion, because one of the things that Edgar Wright has, um, I think, is Edgar Wright's got his own yeah. visual style of filmmaking. Mm -hmm. And it's a style that literally is all his own. People incorporate other elements into it, into their filmmaking, but there are certain things that Edgar Wright does um, that only Edgar Wright does, and he is consistent with it throughout. My favorite thing about this movie is, like, the action movie montage of going to the <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, the uh, we, we take Pete's car, drive to Mom's, we go in, take care of Philip, grab Mom, go to Liz's place, have a cup of tea, and wait for all this to blow over. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like revises the plan and they do the same shots only you could tell they're different takes because they're just ever so slightly different yeah. Yeah. but it's like the same rhythm and the same pacing um and that's the thing that i i think i enjoy the most about this movie is the pacing um the editing combined with the kinetic camera work because the camera is always moving it's very rare that the camera is like static other than these um back and forth dialogue scenes sometimes but even then there's like rapid cutting to make the dialogue you know really snappy and it just keeps moving along this movie just has like such a frantic energy to it that I really, really love that I think separates this particular style of comedy from other, not just uh, British comedies, but just other comedies in general. Yeah, and I think when think films uh, filmmakers try to in imitate this, like uh, imitate Edgar Wright's style, you can, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't, does, I've seen films which try and do this, try to, to do that sort of fast-paced editing and that like you know the the dialogue and exchanges and it just doesn't work and it feels really like i don't know unnecessary like he's got his own style it's, it's so hard to replicate i mean i would even go so far as to give this like th like this movie easily makes it into like my personal editing lineup for 2004 like hands down 
because the editing in this is just so rock solid. And I mean, obviously, that's like I said before, like incorporating into all of his other movies. So much so that every year that Edgar Wright comes out with a new movie, I'm like, well, that's going to land in my editing lineup, I'm sure. <laughs> you know, Him and uh, the editor of this, uh, Chris Dickens, who also did Hot Fuzz, like they know how to edit comedy. Mm. And it it's such a difficult skill. Like there are so many comedies that fail because cause of their editing because it's not edited well but the rhythm of all the jokes in this movie are just you know it's and shout out to chris dickens uh oscar winner a few years later for uh slumdog millionaire yeah uh the other thing too like that i wanted to say in regards to that though and this is probably my only criticism of the movie itself I do feel that the pacing does slow down once they do get to the Winchester, and I can feel it every single time I watch the movie. Well, but okay, but that's the kind of the point, though, I think. No, I know. Because I, I get even it. His, like, in his plan, it's like, we go there and wait for all this to blow over. And like, <laughs> well, but that's the problem with your plan. like, And which that sort of like snapped me right back to um, our current situation. It's like... <laughs> How long is it going to take for all this to blow over? Oh, my God. When uh, David is, like, going nuts about, like, yeah, we're going to just sit here and drink, are we? You know, and he's like, we're going to eat these snacks. I'm like, David, you're basically describing all of us in quarantine right now. <laughs> but I, I, I was watching it and again, and I love the um, scene where the, the he just wakes up and it's the next day and virtually the zombie outbreak has happened and he's watching yeah. the TV and yes, he's flicking but... through the channels and it's telling us what's happened but he's obviously not paying attention yeah. uh, and it's so funny how that is so edited edited together like yeah. you know uh, the football and it's like a serious attack and it's like uh, dead excited and all this sort of stuff and it's just <laughs> it's just so well done and of course, like it ends with the whole um, just destroying the the head. Uh, you yeah, know. I love the um, the steady cam shot of him uh, walking to the deli. Oh, yeah. it's so good. That I love that they do it twice, and both times it's you know the first time everything is normal. Obviously, it's over the uh, the opening credits and such, and then the uh, second time they do it. Obviously, the dead have attacked, but he is, like you said, like he's just so like dead inside and just kind of coasting through life that he doesn't even notice that all he this stuff is happening. He's the blood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a bloody handprint on there. It's a bloody handprint. <laughs> but like, I also love that like the, the opening few minutes of this, basically, and maybe, B, you can talk a little more about this to British Life Circa. <laughs> Um, 2004, but like everyone kind of acts like a zombie. Yeah, yeah. Like it's they're all really just sort of like funny. the title card of everybody like bopping to the hip hop music. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> I, and the checkout. I mean, I used to work yeah. in a supermarket, and I used to be like that checkout girl. And you just forget time even exists in that environment, and you're just there beeping things along beep. Oh no, I'm getting Nam flashbacks of when I was at the supermarket. Sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, it's it's such a clever, clever scene. I, I think my favorite bit is the fact that um he's on the bus and that woman sort of like I don't know, she's dead or oh, she's yeah. passed out. It, it's just sort of 
shoving her off the way of him. I love like you know like the very early stages before they know what's going on. Like they have the woman in the garden, Mary, and they're like, "Oh my god, she's so drunk," (laughs) and they uh, have to deal with the others. So like they don't know yet how to like kill them. So they're throwing the records at them. And it's like they're going through the record. Of He's like, no, not that one. That one, toss it. <laughs> the Batman soundtrack, toss it. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what's wonderful about that shot in when Mary falls over and she gets impaled. Yeah. Oh, the camera through the hole. So yeah. good. But I, I think it's that's what I like about like the horror is still there in Shaun of the Dead. Like it's not like you still get these horrific moments. Um, like the 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 bit where David gets ripped apart. Uh, oh, and it's disgusting. But it's like a nice callback to Day of the yeah. Dead as well, which is yeah. great because there's so many little references to other zombie films. Like I think they even say something about Twenty Eight Days Later at the end of the film, where it's like reports yeah. like yeah. monkeys have been dismissed. Or that was like. amazing. I, I just love that, but. Yeah, so that's actually like did a little slow clap at that point. Like, well played, <laughs> well played. That was really well done. I have to say, I loved it. Um, another thing too that I also wanted to bring up uh, is I have I have two more criticisms. Actually, I thought I only had one, but I have two. Um, I did find some of the humor in this to be definitely early two thousands and un PC for today. Mm. Uh, there was a. Uh, gay reference at one point that i was just like yeah that doesn't fly anymore and then at one point uh the n-word gets said and i was like what was the point of that you know uh completely unnecessary but that's okay in the sense that i get it times have changed so you know i don't hold it against the movie as much but i'm just making the point that uh you wouldn't be able to get away with that today i I don't think think. that's because of the character ed you know sure yeah no filter type Yeah. yeah and i think if i mean yeah, there's a bit. The recent, I don't know if you guys have seen um, Nick Frost and Simon Pegg actually did a video here. I don't know if it's you guys have seen it about coronavirus. Oh, during the quarantine? Yeah, and they actually yeah, 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 yeah. talk about the use of the. I saw it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was so interesting that they sort of brought that back up because I think they, they are obviously aware that times have changed. And if they were making uh, Shaun of the Dead now, I. I, I think some of like you know some of those references definitely wouldn't have been used. Yeah, uh, definitely. But I, I think it's great that they're they're conscious of that and they 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 you know spoke about it and and explained why it was used. If that makes sense. Sure. No. Yeah. No. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. And then the second thing uh, I want to point out. I don't know if you guys feel the same way about this. I do think that the ending is a little too conveniently wrapped up when the uh, soldiers arrive. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then everything just kind of ends with like, oh, we're now going to coexist and live with the dead somehow. And it's like, yeah, okay. But I do like it that he says to him to go live in the shed like an animal. And then that's like how he ends. Like Pete says that to um, Ed and that's what actually happens. So, you know, I think that's quite good. That I, like we're saying about those jokes coming back. Those, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I also love yeah. that um, they... Uh, th- they meet the alternate group of them. Um, <laughs> oh my God! Obscure like, Martin Freeman uh, cameo. 
It's so good. I love every, and like Tasmeen Grigg, who's, mm-hmm. you know, from Black Books with Dylan Moran, which if you have not watched Black Books, That's so good, so funny. And I don't know how Dylan Moran looks younger in this, which was a year after <laughs> Black ended but whatever that's a whole other story but like i love how like they, they meet them halfway through and then at the end it's yeah it's just her just the leader of that group that survived just like you know, like you think like well maybe they'll be you know they will have survived better because sean is you know kind of not have really having a plan and like nope nope everybody's everybody's dead and it's like <laughs> that line gets repeated like how are you doing surviving you know? yeah 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 like they so are li- literally doing that. so good uh okay uh final thoughts uh let's pass it over to bianca first any uh final thoughts on Shaun of the dead i i just want to say like i love the fact that it's never explained what's caused the zombie outbreak Maybe we were zombies the entire time. Exactly. And uh, I think that's what's interesting. And I just, I find it like a film that, you, you know, no matter what's going on, even if there isn't a uh, corona outbreak, I can still go back to this film and watch it and still find things that I hadn't seen before and um, jokes that went over my head the first time and I, I get them now. I can't, like, describe how much how many times i've seen this movie because i literally lost count but it's so good and i do want them all to come back together i want you know frost and peg and right to team up again and make a movie because i think you know uh, i think we're overdue one uh i did like um world's end but it felt it, it just didn't have the same memento momentum <laughs> memento different movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different. Uh, it didn't have the same sort of like i don't know uh, energy any, like the same energy, energy. Yeah, yeah i guess so it just didn't really work with me for that but it, you know if they came back and and you know made another film i would be so happy if they did that but oh definitely definitely uh dan what about you um uh final thoughts a uh, shout out to Penelope Walton and Bill Knight, oh, who are both fan flipping tastic in this. Um, like, because let's like Bill Nagy's final scene, like the big monologue to Simon Pegg, that should not work at all. We have barely spent five minutes with this guy. There's no connection. Sean doesn't like him. And then he goes and just because he's Bill Nighy, he nails this emotional monologue and we're right there with Sean going, oh my god, don't die. (laughs) Also a shout out to the fact that Bill Nighy takes on projects like this all the time. I love it. I love that he's never ever taken himself like so seriously and he does these comedy rules every now and then. Yeah. And and comedy that like really knows how to use him and his persona. Yes, definitely. Like it's it's great. Yeah. And just uh, this movie is so funny. <laughs> like and nothing nothing that we haven't seen before i don't think like there's nothing that's particularly new or interesting about it like maybe there was in 2004 but even then i don't think so it's just done so well uh my final two thoughts are i want to give a shout out to kate ashfield as liz in this yeah it's great 
I think does a really, really great job, especially in the verbal sparring matches uh, with Simon Pegg. And I think that she's actually um, a bit of an unsung hero in this ensemble here. And I got to give a shout out to my favorite scene in the entire movie. I absolutely adore the jukebox queen. (laughs) Don't stop me now. (laughs) Pull cue beat down of Al in the Winchester. I do love that. The rhythm of it, of the of the sticks hitting him, um, to the to the song, it, Simon Pegg being like, "Why is Quaid still on?" You know, it just, <laughs> oh my god, I love that sequence. That that to me is the best sequence in the whole movie, and it's not just because Queen is playing; it's also just because of the way Edgar Wright just has it all edited, cut together. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Love it. All right, uh, Bianca, what would be the grade out of 10? Nine. Ooh, all right. Dan Bear? Um, uh, I'm somewhere between an eight and a nine. Maybe probably an eight. I don't know. I'm going <laughs> to say eight. I don't know. I don't know if it's in my top ten of the year, but like it's very close. Yeah, I don't like this always hovers for me like either at 10 or just missing my top 10. I, you know, if we ever get back far enough to 2004, mm-hmm. that would be 10 years from now. Um, <laughs> you know, I can reevaluate that and see for sure. But um, yeah, no, I think that uh, this movie always hovers around that area for me in terms of just maybe making my top 10 or just barely missing out. Um, because like I said, I had to have some criticisms for it. But overall, solid 8 out of 10. And then in terms of um, its awards run, what I love about Shaun of the Dead uh, and its awards run was that it actually didn't do terribly, uh, but it only really performed uh, with um, like the British groups. So like the London Film Critics Circle uh, gave it Best British Film of the Year and Screenwriter of the Year um, nominations. The British Independent Film Awards, um, it had Best British Independent Film nomination, Best Screenplay, which it won. And most promising newcomer for uh, Nick Frost uh, nomination, OFCS Online Film Critics Society nomination for best original screenplay, and then you had a uh, BAFTA. I uh, got nominations for outstanding British film and outstanding debut by a British writer, director, or producer. And in this case, it was Neera Park, the producer. So, uh, I don't know. Like when you think about it, I, I mentioned before that I would try, I would actively try to find room in the uh, editing lineup that year for this movie, if I could. See, I can't quite go there because, you know, it didn't get nominated in film editing this year. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. (sighs) Which, if anything, is taking Finding Neverland's slot. It's that. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) I would definitely... I I I agree with you. I'm not disagreeing with you on that at all. But then, like... For example, does uh, Million Dollar Baby have to be there? Really I mean, let's be honest. There. It's really just there for the boxing scenes, right? Mm. But but even then, like, I'd put Mean Girls in over this, honestly. Really? I think oh. I would, yeah. No, because I love Mean Girls. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I think that the editing to, for Shaun the Dead is more integral to its comedy than yeah. it is in Mean Girls. Yeah. I think I, yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe, I don't know. But then there's also The Incredibles. Which, admittedly, I'm not the biggest fan of. (gasps) I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Believe me, I've heard it before. 
Uh, but other than that, I don't know if I would throw it anywhere else necessarily because the makeup in this isn't really outstanding. It's definitely a more low budget makeup mm. uh, for a zombie film. So yeah. it wasn't anything that I would consider to be extraordinary. I would definitely put it into original screenplay. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I think. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Let's let's take a look at that category. Let's see what we got here. So Eternal Sunshine is Ballas Mine, Oscar winner. Yep, that's staying yeah. and yeah. winning no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aviator, Hotel Rwanda, The Incredibles, and Vera Drake. Oh, Vera. Uh, that's actually that's actually a little hard. <laughs> Hotel Rwanda can go. It- oh, no, I think Vera Drake. I don't know about that movie. <laughs> Vera. I mean, I mean, like, there because there is the whole question with Mike Lee films of like, is there really a screenplay here? Yeah, I mean, like, not so much is improvised with that yeah. film. I feel like maybe screenplays. I'm really, really sorry. I would remove The Incredibles. Um, no, I can't do it. it. The Incredibles is even better at playing around with superhero tropes than Shaun of the Dead is at playing around with zombie tropes. Ooh, that's debatable. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but then, like, but then, like, on the other hand, I mean, there's also Primer this year, mm. which is but we're not, but, but we're not talking about Primer. <laughs> I, well, no, I know, but like, trying to fit, trying to fit Shaun of the Dead in, like, I gotta think, like, would I put Primer in this lineup too? Like, probably. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Primer is pretty incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it. I don't know if I would throw it a bone anywhere else necessarily. No, I, I, I also even like I looked at the lead actor lineup to see if I would be able to fit Simon Pegg in. Oh, it's a very competitive lead year. Yeah, no Espe- way. Especially since like, you know, you have the collateral guys who should be in there too, like mm-hmm. Paul Giamatti, Jim Carrey didn't get nominated. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, no, that was a very very strong year. Like, and and even looking at this, like, really, Johnny Depp has. An Oscar nomination for fucking Finding Neverland. That that movie is the weirdest, like conventional. I don't know what it's doing here. Oscar nominee that we have had in the last like twenty years. It is, it is the very definition of fine. It, exactly, I totally agree. It, like it doesn't elicit passionate support in any way whatsoever. Um, even like like even movies that people think are like are very uh, quote unquote undeserving, like The Reader, people will still rally to defend the reader. I never hear people rallying to defend Finding Neverland. <laughs> Let's uh, get Michael Schwartz on the line here. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. In any event, though. Uh, so that'll do it for our review of Shaun of the Dead uh, during our own pandemic here uh, that we are experiencing in the world today. Uh, let's do our best not to turn into zombies. Bianca, where can they find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, you can find me over at the film B. Dan, you can find me on Twitter at Dancing Dan on Film, and you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Shaun of the Dead here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Player FM, Acast, Castbox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time. Next time.